Thanks for listening to The Vine. We're a new church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this sermon helps you in doing that. Last week, we started a new series called Bless. And I am so excited that our church is just being a part of this Bless movement. Uh, There are many churches uh, across the nation in our denomination that um, are also participating in this. And uh, what it is, is it's a, a challenge for us to get out of our comfort zones, to walk across the street maybe in our neighborhoods to our neighbors, or maybe in your office to, to not go, you know, to, to cross and go see someone else that you might not normally visit with or talk to. Um, with school starting, for the students in here, it's so easy to just gather with your group of friends, Right? Uh, but to go out and to seek maybe some of those who, especially at lunchtime, um, that's just always a hard time. If you don't know anybody, it feels real lonely. What a great way to, to, to reach out to other people. And, and what we're trying to do is to seek ways to bless the people that God puts in our lives. And what we've been doing is we're going through learning these five missional practices. These are just practical ways, again, to bless others using the acronym BLESS. And we're called to be receivers of God's blessing, just not receivers, but also dispensers. God has blessed us so that we can bless others. So last week we talked about begin with prayer. And um, if you weren't here, what we did is we took these, remember taking our bookmarks out and we put three or five people's names that we were going to begin to pray for. Um, So if you don't have one of these, just find something, a note card or a bulletin or something you have with you. Um, and to actually write those names down so who you can be reminded to be praying for. And then just go to the Lord in prayer and say, God, how can I bless these people that you have brought into my life? And then just continue to pray throughout the day that God might just bring some divine appointments your way of people that you can reach out to. Today, we're going to be looking now at the letter L. And L is listen with care. Again, listening to our neighbors, to our family, to our friends, listening to strangers, um, whoever it might be. It's one of the greatest gifts that we can give people is to truly listen to them and seek to bless them. So today we're going to be looking at a story um, of what listening looked like in the life of Jesus. So before we go any further, let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, thank you for this day. Thank you that we can gather here. Thank you for just the rich time of worship we've had already. As we come here, we um, all come uh, at different places. Um, Some of us are at a place of just overflowing with joy. Maybe that's through some friendships or relationships or welcoming new babies, new life to the world. Um, Some of us are here and we're hurting. Our hearts are heavy. And that can be for so many different reasons. Um, Maybe it's something that's just financial, just bearing on you. It's just so much weight. Or it's a relationship that's broken. Or someone you love is not well and hurting. Um, However it is, God, we just come before you this morning um, as we are. 
We thank you that that's how you want us to come and that you accept us and love us. Give us ears to hear your word this day. In Jesus' name, amen. So in Luke chapter 18, uh, the, verse 35, it says, Jesus approached Jericho and a blind man was sitting on the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd, he asked, what's happening? And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. So Jesus was on his way to Jericho, which was one of the last stops on his way to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover feast. And everyone and their cousin was on this road. It was just packed. They were going on. If you can just picture like Zilker Park during ACL, just you can't really move, right? There's just all these people and this blind man um, even though he couldn't see, his other senses were aware and could sense this is huge crowd going by. And now back in those days, there weren't any special um, considerations for the blind. There's no handicap parking for the blind or braille in the elevator because they didn't have any elevators, right? So they didn't have that. No train seeing eye dogs. Um, no schools for the blind. Things that we have today. Back then, it was quite the opposite. It was in a society that they looked at those who were blind as people that just had no value. So this blind man, he couldn't work. He couldn't really do much of anything. All he was left to do was just to to fend for himself and, and to beg for food and money. And to add on top of that, you're already feeling just like you're outside of things and you're trying to do this. He's pushed to the edge Um, On top of that, people considered someone who was blind as a consequence. The reason they were blind was some sin that was in their life. So they were viewed as cursed or um, just out of favor with God. So this blind beggar, all this commotion's going on, and he was strategically placed probably by the city gate. Just as you're driving through Austin, we see folks who um, are, are in need of help. They're at different intersections, right? So he was at a place where there was a lot of people going by, and the hope was the more people that go by, the better chance you would have that someone would notice him. Somebody would help. And the same story is also recorded in the Gospel of Mark. And in the Gospel of Mark, we find out just a little bit more about this blind man. We find out that we find his name. His name is Bartimaeus. We also find out that he once could see, and that he had lost his sight. And so I'm not sure which would be harder, being blind from birth or having a chance to see and not being able to, and just how helpless this man must have felt. Again, when Bartimaeus um, hears this crowd coming out, he goes, what's going on? They're saying it's Jesus of Nazareth who's passing by. You can imagine him thinking, Jesus of Nazareth? The, the one who I've heard that has healed people, the one who has fed the hungry, the one who has preached in the synagogue, saying the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has appointed me to bring good news to the poor, to release the captives, to give recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free. That Jesus of the Nazareth, of Nazareth, wait. Recovery for the sight of the blind. He starts thinking about that and he shouts even louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Someone turns to him and goes, shut up, beggar. 
We're just on our way to follow Jesus to Jericho to hear more of his teachings. He doesn't have time for this. Just stick to your begging and let us get by. But Bartimaeus only shouts louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He's saying, don't pass me by. Have mercy on me. Now, there's some details in the Bible that um, don't matter a whole lot. And then there's other places in the Bible that there's details within a story of Scripture that matter a whole lot. And bring much deeper understanding. And this is one that matters a whole lot. When when Bartimaeus calls out Jesus, son of David, that title choice, calling him son of David, is really important. Many Jews believe that the Messiah, there would someday be a Messiah who would be the savior of the people. That would overthrow the Romans and restore Israel to its glory. The Messiah would be a descendant of the family of King David. And so when he says the son of David, he was calling Jesus Messiah and Savior. And don't you love that he doesn't give up? He's blind, all these people passing by, he's getting pushed to the side, but he wants to connect with Jesus. He doesn't let their dismissive comments push him away. He doesn't let that his first cry out for just pleading out to Jesus isn't heard. He keeps crying out to the Lord. And I believe there are a few things that we can learn from Bartimaeus. One is when we can't see or understand, you might think, what is that for me? What does it mean for us to be blind? You know, sometimes we can be blind just to our own faults, right? We can sure see faults in others, but we're blind to our own faults. You know, we can be spiritually blind, just searching, searching in all different places other than in God, other than in Jesus. And if we're in one of those places, we just cry out to God. Or maybe it's in our doubts, doubts about God. Question, God, where are you? I'm going through this. Where are you? But don't let others deter you for seeking him. I just want to encourage all of us to just in those times to draw on that small measure of faith that we might have and to keep going forward. And and you know what we can shout? You know what we can cry out? We can just repeat that simple prayer. It's a powerful prayer, isn't it? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It's a prayer of humility that we're in need. But it's also a prayer of acknowledging who Jesus is. He is our Savior. He is the one who can truly meet the needs that we have. Next, notice how Jesus responds. We're told that Jesus stopped. He stopped. And he ordered the man be brought near to him. I just love that. The crowd's moving along. You know, he could have just got caught, caught up in all of that. but Because they're wanting to make him king. But rather, Jesus is okay with being interrupted. He hears Bartimaeus above everyone. 
And by stopping, he's basically saying to all of his followers, hey, this is what's important. People are important to me. Maybe the people that you push to the edge of society that you don't have, think have any value or worth, they have a lot of value. So Jesus, God in the flesh, stops and he gives his full undivided attention to someone, again, who is unworthy in the eyes of society. And most people, and I would admit this for me, it's true too, is we love something or we love someone because they're worthy to be loved. Right? But Jesus' love makes someone worthy. Did you catch that? He brings worth to who he loves. How many people do you think in our spheres of influence would be just incredibly blessed if we do what Jesus did and we stopped and we listened to them? I'm guessing a lot, right? A lot of people would. But we live in a world today where listening is just a lost art. In our conversations, when we're talking to someone, we're talking and the whole time we're thinking, as, we're, as they're talking, we're like, okay, well, I want to say something. You know, I got something to say. And then, so they're talking, we're thinking so much about that, we don't even hear what they're saying. How often do we do that? And what does that say to someone when you're not really listening to them? What it says is, what you're saying to me is not important. And the deeper meaning of what it says is that you as a person aren't important to me. But Jesus treats Bartimaeus differently. Just again, take note of example. He stops what he's doing. He gives him his full and undivided attention. Other people are telling Bartimaeus to shut up. But Jesus is saying, no, don't. You're important to me. You have worth. You have value. And I want to hear, Bartimaeus, what you have to say. I got a question for us. Is What message do we send to other people in our lives? And what message could we send by engaging them in listening? Letting them know how much they mean to us. Let's just think if, if, if you're married of your spouse... How many issues in marriage could be resolved if we listened to one another? And how many things could be avoided? And how about your spouse, if you truly listened, that you could say, you value to me. You are important. What about our kids? Same principle applies. You know, be quiet. Daddy's busy. Go out and play. Or, or, or what if we just, you know, took that time to be interrupted by our kids, to go listen to them, to go play with them, right? To hear what they have to say. And of course, I believe it happens here for our church as well in this community. Again, to bless those around us, we need to be listening to them. And notice that Jesus didn't just listen, but he asked questions. It's, listening is not just being quiet, but it's asking the right questions. Jesus stops, has the man brought near to him, and then he asks, what do you want me to do for you? And when you hear that question from Jesus, I don't know if it, you're like me, but you're like, that's kind of a silly question, right? He's blind. He wants you to, to heal him. 
You know, is he asking the question just to, to make the healing just more dramatic? I don't think so. He cares about Bartimaeus. He's not assuming anything. He listens to him. And by listening to him, that shows that he values him. I was reading recently about a mission group that went to this just remote part of India and to this really poor village. And these missionaries had all the resources and all the tools, just these skilled people that went over with them. And they were going to this village that these people were living in just like sunlight conditions. And, and so they came up to the, the leaders of this village and they asked them, hey, we can build you a medical clinic where you can, your folks can go who are sick. We can build you a school where you can be educated, right? We can build you a church where you can worship God. What is it that you want us to do for you, they asked. Sounds a lot like the same question that Jesus asked. And the people of the village replied with this. What we really want is a mailbox. What we really want is a mailbox. The missionary is going, like, really? Did you not just hear us? We can build you a clinic. We can build you a school, a church. They go through it all, and they're like, yes, but what we'd really like is a mailbox. What these missionaries didn't realize is that for people that lived there in those slums of India is that they didn't have a zip code. And if you don't have a zip code, you don't exist on the map. You could have 10,000, 20,000 people living in these slums. And because they don't have a zip code, the government doesn't recognize them. And they can't receive any benefits or services from the government. Again, the people that want the school, the medical clinic, or the church first, they wanted to be put on the map. They wanted an identity to become recognized. Again, the missionaries would not have known this if not only did they not ask... But they listened. And it wasn't a small task. It actually took them two years to go through all the, the red tape to get it. But they finally got a mailbox for this village. And that village began to be restored. It's a brilliant principle. Again, it's just that, that listening to our community, to the, our workplace, to those around us at home or our friends. Listen for their hurts and their needs. Not assume that we know, but to truly listen and to ask good questions. I want to show you all um, a, just a short video of someone that is from, our, from the vine. And I believe this person lives out, truly lives out, what it means to listen to others and to ask good questions. And it, for those of you who know Kent Redding, you know this to be true. Kent has a huge heart for the homeless here in Austin. So let's hear what Kent has to say. How's my hair? Uh, you know, listening with the homeless is really no different than listening when you're talking to your friends. I mean, it's important to be present in the moment uh, empathetic and you know have good questions so really no difference than talking to our friends but one thing that can be different sometimes is is uh, body language uh, you know so oftentimes with the with the homeless they may be sitting down on the ground or sitting on a box and you know it's important to make good eye contact and get down on their level and you know be present in that uh, conversation so you can practice good listening skills
You know, for me personally, um, I don't think it's enough um, for us to act like we love God. Uh, you know, God said that He would know uh, the extent of our love for Him by how we love His people. And by interacting with the homeless and those less fortunate and, and practicing good listening skills with them, you know, that's how we show our love for God and that's how we honor Him. This one might sound kind of simple, but um, just asking their name, introducing yourself out of respect and asking their name. Uh, Hi, my name is Kent, what is yours? Um, also, I, I, I'm a big believer in story. So I like to ask, you know, what's your story? Um, and then another thing that I use is I really want to find out if there's a need uh, uh, that we can provide a resource for, but you want to do it in a you know, a non-threatening way. So oftentimes I'll just ask, hey, you know, what's the most difficult part of your day? Uh, so in that conversation of listening, I ask, what's your name, what's your story, and what's your need? And, and of course, with any good listening, you know, we should be talking 15% and listening 85 Sure. Um, you know, I have the great privilege of uh, meeting uh, uh, my friend Tony, who lives on the street, which I believe you and I went and saw Tony a couple years ago. Uh, Tony uh, was homeless, and she, she panhandles um, on street corners, and she sits on a box, and she's covered uh, with like a pink veil or sheet. Um, others might have seen her before, but I uh, was driving by her one day. Um, and like I've done a million times, you know, at, at street corners, is look the other way. And God just put that, you know, he put that nudge, that uncomfortableness in my stomach and that nudge, and I turned around. It was several years ago, I just turned around, parked my car, walked across the street, I sat down and said, hi, my name is Kent, what is yours? And her name was Tony, and there's just something about that connection when you know someone's name and they know yours. You can no longer just drive down the street and look the other way. I mean, you've made a friendship and you've connected with them. Um, and, you know, I think listening is a privilege. Um, it's not, and it's, it's never about us. You know, listening is a privilege. It's, it's not about us. It's about God working through us and for us. And you don't have to be smart are pretty, are intelligent, or wealthy. You just have to be present. And I think that we honor God when we take the time to be present and listen uh, to our brothers and sisters on the street. Awesome. Thanks, Kent, even though he's not here, right? <laughs> um, Kent, he, he did say that, alluded to that he took me up to meet Tony, he said, I want you to meet one of my friends, Ted. And we went up there, and I can remember that, her, as he described sitting there with the veil over and all. We parked the car, we walked over to see Tony, and she lit up when she saw Kent. She said, hi, Kent, and it just made her day. And we just had a wonderful conversation. And Kent is just someone that I respect and I admire for just what he shared. 
Um, he doesn't just say that, but he lives that out. And what an encouragement and challenge uh, for each of us. Let's return back to our scripture this morning here. And it says, Jesus asked, what do you want for me to do? What do you want me to do for you? If Jesus were to ask you that question today, what would be your answer? When Jesus asked Bartimaeus, he replied, Lord, I want to see. And Jesus said, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Notice there was no performance that was needed. No deserving or earning. There was no achieving. But this is truly a gift of grace. That's what grace is. It's an undeserved gift. Friends, experiencing the presence of Christ made Bartimaeus whole again. Through the power of Jesus listening and being present, giving him worth. And I love to think, don't you, about what the first thing that Bartimaeus saw? Jesus. The one, the only one who had mercy on him, had compassion. The one who listened to him with care. And not only were his eyes open, but the eyes of his heart were open. Bartimaeus received sight, but that wasn't the, that's not the end of the story. We're told, and he followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the other people saw that, they praised God too. Friends, that is the goal of blessing others. And that is the goal of our church.